Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. This is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from our campground overlooking the beautiful fall colors uh, the beautiful the fall outskirts colors. of Asheville, North Carolina. You may be hearing some extraneous <laughs> noises because we're camped fairly closely to one another. And yes, our neighbors have some wonderful motorized cars that they love to... What, race zip, around, zip yeah, up little, and down the road, no, right next to electric, us. you know, like remote control cars. And we could be old crabby geezers and ask them to stop, but that's not our style. So you'll just have to work around it. So we have driven just a few miles from home, um, actually close to a thousand. It took us a couple of days to do that, but we made a couple of stops along the way. As always, things are in need of. Well, that really wasn't well, a repair. Repair, no, not really. Um, but as always, things are in need of repair. Yes. Our first stop was to finish the installation, the reinstallation of the Air Force One into our new Jeep. Boy, you got the terminology down. Air Force One. Because we bought it for our motorhome and our old Jeep, and Ken very delicately removed as much as possible from the old Jeep before we traded it in, but he wasn't so confident about the installation. And the guy, the, the professional installer said that the Jeep Grand Cherokee is one of the most difficult installs, and the new one was, I didn't want to wreck it. <laughs> you cut the wrong wire, and you have to cut into the braking system. And I did want to make sure that we were able to stop after I did the install. So we drove to the southern part of Indiana and went to the SMI factory, the manufacturer of the Air Force One. And the reason why it's called Air Force is is because it's connected into the air braking system of any motorhome. Uh, motorhomes of our caliber have air brakes, and so they have a bladder that they put onto the system on the motorhome, and then a port for the brake uh, for the air connection. So we connect an air hose between the motorhome and the car, and they have some sort of a gizmo, <laughs> the Air Force One braking system, in the car, which then uh, operates the brakes in a very proportional way, so that a lot of the braking systems, are they're either on or off, and so your brakes, uh, they don't tend to be smooth. So this operates uh, the car brakes just as if you were in the car, and right along with the braking from the motorhome. So this is considered to be the best of the braking systems, and we like it because it's easy to install and easy to use as we're on the road. We were surprised to find that no one who is located (laughs) within two miles of our home was able to install this for us, even though the SMI website said otherwise, but it was an easy easy stop to make. They had a place for us to park overnight. The technician estimated that the job would take about three hours. Five hours later, we left the facility. Um, I can feel a rant oh, coming on. I well, don't understand why when I go to the doctor, I very rarely wait more than 10, 15 minutes to see her. But, but inevitably, when we do any of these mechanical install, repair type activities... Did you want him to rush through the job? I would like him to estimate a little more closely. Well, we didn't pay any extra. Well, that 
I mean, it took what it took. I mean, come on. And he did stop in the middle to sell somebody a trailer. I don't know quite why and nobody else in that facility could do that job at that moment, but here you are. So, lesson to, a lesson to myself is that when we get these estimates to always add two hours, and then I won't feel frustrated till two hours later it's when like, I'm still waiting. It's like the airlines. They put in a, a, more time to travel from place to place, and then when you get there early, everybody's happy. And while I'm still in my ranting mode, oh, I will geez. also say oh, that while we were home, my, my dear husband has been working very hard finishing repairs uh, and home maintenance on our motorhome. People who listen to us closely <laughs> might recall that almost a year ago, <laughs> we replaced the toilet in our rig that had a malfunctioning motherboard. But that was fun. <clears throat> um, with a regular toilet. Like wait, wait. Oh, you uh, have. A malfunctioning what? Toilet with a motherboard. Does that just automatically well, sound I, incongruous? I attributed that to the fact that it only flushed when it felt like it, which was disconcerting to say the least. And, you, and it didn't flush as often as we needed it to. So um, the, actual, the actual install wasn't all that bad, but it definitely didn't just slide into the places well, left that's by our previous did it differently than they ordinarily do. And so you struggled mightily with a way to make it work in a, a reliable way that also was fairly nice looking because we try to keep our rig as nice looking as we can. And lo and behold, after all these months of pondering the, the issue, um, we bought some vinyl floor tiles that you put underneath it and that looks pretty good and works perfectly. Are you satisfied? Yes. And the toilet is firmly attached to the floor. That was what, which is also that was part of the problem. Um, less disconcerting than it used to be. Uh, the other issue, I think we talked about this too, was that um, when our fridge defrosts, the water condenses and runs down a hole. This is an alert for all those who own Maytag home refrigerators. If you own a Maytag, it's going to get the drain in the freezer clogged and you are going to have water running out. And our routine last winter was to simply keep an eye on it. And when the water gathered and froze beneath the freezer, which is on the lower part of our fridge, uh, and turned into a skating rink, eventually the continued drips would start flowing out and on the floor. And we knew that it was time to get underneath the hairdryer and defrost. And we got to be a pretty good tag team doing this job, but it obviously was not the right way to, to have a fridge. And so Ken watched some videos on YouTube and Google to um, well googled to figure out how to solve this problem you did oh yeah oh, oh. i took oh i took <laughs> i'm glad i didn't have to schedule my time with my wife <laughs> who would have said this is taking far too much time well, if I was waiting to do something else with you, but we were at home, and then however long it took... And you weren't even coming out to help me. I so know. I had to disassemble the whole freezer drawer on the bottom, literally. But I did watch the, the videos on YouTube, and there were uh, quite a few of them because numerous people had had this problem. They could kind of solve their problem by getting into the back of the refrigerator, but I have no access to the back. Um, if you have a standard refrigerator in your motorhome, you know that there's access panel on the back and you can get at the back of it. But with these residential fridges and all electric coaches, they don't have any access panels on the outside and taking out the fridge uh, from its cabinet is quite a lot of work. So I did quite a lot of work anyway and 
had <laughs> disassembled the drawer and got at the drain hole for the freezer from the front side. And I might add that while I did not help with this repair, along the way we stumbled upon the fact that even though we thought we had cleaned our fridge when we came <laughs> off the road in the spring and left the doors open for a while, we had a hell of a lot of yuck and mold and mildew inside. So um, another note to self is to leave the doors open totally as much as possible whenever yeah. we're not using the fridge. It was nothing that you couldn't clean, but it was pretty gross. It was, Yeah, it was very gross, and we hadn't been in it. I mean, it had only been a couple of months since we had been in it, so we didn't really anticipate that. If you haven't tried it yet, the next time you have something fail, Google it. Look at several different web pages to find out what makes the most sense to you. You will be surprised at how much maintenance and repair you will be able to take care of yourself with proper instructions. And that's the, exactly the case with this uh, freezer door, that when I opened it up, it was exactly as the video showed me, and I knew where all the screws were and how to take it apart, uh, which was a tremendous confidence building. I probably wouldn't have done this otherwise as well as you can save money. So if you want to look at a website about this, uh, I will have it on our a link to it, uh, not, not to the refrigerator repair, but to general Googling of repairs for your motorhome or travel trailer or RV. And as a part of this delicate operation, to get at the refrigerator, Ken had to open one of our full... Not our, well, our biggest slides, let's put it that way, to get at the fridge. <laughs> and he noticed as he was putting things back together that the, fr the slide was not functioning very well. Apparently there are no YouTube instructions. No, 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 I just haven't had a chance to really delve into it. To solve this problem, we now have one of our four slides that does not come in and out. Luckily well, it's in and we can drive. And of the things that it impacts, it's probably the least intrusive of the four. But we were quite appalled when we called Numar before we left home to see if we could get it fixed, since we were all going through Indiana, and that would have been on our way, too. Yeah. Uh, we, we called them, what, in the late teens of October, and the earliest appointment they could give us for a repair was in December. Very unsatisfying. Now, once again, when you compare this to the doctor, I think RV repair facilities should save a couple of appointments at least a couple times a week for emergencies. And our, our doctor, I was in to see our doctor and she, on, a, on a general health maintenance visit, and she said, well, I always have two or three appointments a day that are reserved for emergencies because otherwise she'd be completely booked up and you couldn't get in to see him on a short notice. And I think that RV places should think about having that too. So for all you that are listening, RV repair facilities... And even though they said, well, all of you are getting on the road now to go south for the winter, and that's what's made us so busy, and they called around to some other um, our repair facilities within two hours of us all in the wrong direction for where we were going, uh, nobody could help us. And so we have hit the road with the slide in, um, and it puts me in a bad mood yet again. Jeez, it's usually me who's Mr. Rant and Rave. <laughs> She's just gone out here forever. Well, I just feel bad because you work so hard to keep everything repaired and working well, and there's always something to fix. Okay. I, I bought a new controller for the for the slide out, and I'm at, sorry that it's not Are you going to hit me? No! They said, oh, it must be this controller. $300 later, it comes in yeah, the mail. Yeah, I have to just throw parts at it, and that's and, why I want to be careful when I do. And that wasn't it. That's why there are a couple of things that I still can try, which I have looked on YouTube, and I will give them a try as soon as we get to someplace that makes uh, that I have the time to do it. But right now, we are leaf peeping. 
I can't. I don't have time. It's beautiful here. Yes. And we have been enjoying the very nice warm weather. In fact, I wish I could be enjoying it, enjoying it right now instead of sitting here inside talking no, to you. you love to be with our listeners. Come on. It would be better if it was raining. But, you know, this is the first time we we actually did a trip with our new car. And one of the reasons why we bought the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the 2016 model, was because it had the adaptable cruise control. I've really been loving that. We took it on the, this is the first time we've used it on a trip, and it's very cool to have adaptive cruise control. Not only does it help us when we're from crashing into things, either backing up or going forward. Actually, in our driveway, we almost ran over a garbage can, but it stopped us from driving it into the It literally car. stopped Literally you. stopped us. But the adaptive cruise control, when you're going down the highway, it's very sophisticated in that you <laughs> you come up on somebody when you have the cruise control set at 65, and they're going 55, and it just kind of gradually slows you down as you come up to the back of them. It's a little uh, disconcerting. And then when you pull out to pass them, it picks up again and goes 65. But it keeps you at a standardized length, which you can adjust from the number of car lengths from the car in front of you. That is a real nice safety feature, I think, and I'm going to really enjoy it. Not too long before we left, I started subscribing to a Facebook group called RV and Over 55 or something <sighs> like that. And um, many people were making entries right before we left about this is our last trip for the fall and we're going to take our RV and start winterizing it, which if you live anywhere north of Interstate 80 is a good idea. Yes. Um, and it was very nice this year for us not to be buying antifreeze and to just be thinking about heading out sooner. We are trying this out to see if we like it better since we've had some rather hair-raising departures from Illinois after the holidays. So we plan on taking our motorhome to our new campsite, which we've stayed in for one night at the Great Outdoors in Titusville, leaving it there, driving home for the holidays, and then coming back down to finish off the winter. So no cold weather driving in the motorhome. Whew, that'll be nice. Um, some of you are probably saying, why don't you just fly back and forth, which we also considered. We always have too much stuff. Because <laughs> the car will be full going both ways. <laughs> We're not good at packing light. But we have to bring the technology. So uh, we'll, we'll try this out and see if we like this better. You can stay tuned if you are contemplating the before and after the holiday <laughs> departure if you're a snowbird like us. But if you're going to be a TGO or if you're thinking about heading down that way, come and see us. We will be there starting in January, at the end of December, really, through March. So that'll be a fun time to spend the winter at our winter spot. I hope we like it. Yes, we do. Of course, before we left, um, we took the time to vote. This is not a political podcast, and all I will say is that we come from a deeply blue state, and you should judge us accordingly. Um, but it is interesting to see how much, much more convenient it has become over the years. Certainly in our younger years when we voted, we voted on the day, and that was about the only choice we had. Uh, but certainly our state has joined many others in having early voting, having mail-in voting, and there really is no excuse for you not to vote, exactly. whatever color your state is from. <laughs> and the, never before have we had this early voting, and we actually voted by mail, which now that I think about it was probably not such a good way of doing it. We may have just as well gone over and actually voted in person. I wasn't quite sure when it yeah, started. Yeah, exactly how that works, because that's not... Being it's old, new to us. Being Illinois. old folks, that's not something that we understood in our was, state. A, was an option. But here it is just a few days, the end of October, and millions of people have already voted. 
So that's uh, good news. We like to see lots of people voting. Of course, when you hear this podcast, all the election will be over. So No, it won't. Well, probably. Well, it's most November. people will listen to this after November 8th. It's November 8th, yeah. So there will be a, a, a... Depending on when you listen a, a to this. A great gnashing of teeth, probably. From and half the country. We'll be very naive sitting on this side of November 11th, not knowing what November the... November 8th. Are you like Trump? You don't know when the... <laughs> I would make a joke here, but I better not. We said this is not a political podcast. I can't make a joke? No. November 28th? (laughs) Now the time is coming when we can put the iPhone 6S to sleep. Martha's looking forward to her new iPhone 7, which she can get in November. This puts me in a conundrum. I'm not big on changing technology because it always takes me a while to catch on. But with our new Verizon plan, and, and for all practical purposes, we can get a new phone every year. So every year I have to sit down and make this decision about what do I want? Do I want to bother? Do I want a big one? Do I want a small one? And so many decisions. And there's no decision that you have to make. You can keep your current phone. I can get a new phone, and you don't have to mess around with it. No, but you then can you'll just... be learning something over me that I can't do. No, never. I would never do that. And the new iPhone 7, I think it's going to be cool because it's waterproof. And, you know. When do you go in the water? I'm going to take it in my shower because I have because <laughs> we rebuilt our shower, ladies and gentlemen. Now this is a quiet between you and me at home. At home, we be- rebuilt our shower, and I put in a wireless Bluetooth speaker in the shower. Is that cool or is that cool? But because it's Bluetooth, you don't have to take the phone in there with you. You can leave the phone on the counter. I understand that, but I can change channels and things while I'm in the in the shower. A lot of hay has been made from other people about the lack of a headphone jack on the new iPhone 7. And some people are using that as a A reason reason not to buy it. Right. Even though it comes with a nice dongle. But how do you like your wireless headsets? That's practically all I use. Exactly. We rarely plug anything into it anyway. I would use my wired headset when I've worn out the batteries on my wireless headset, which hardly ever happens. Exactly. So we are very happy. We have Planetronics, and they're very nice. Uh, they fit tightly on your ears. But, but not so tightly to give me a but headache. But they have no band, which actually compresses your head. So they fit in your ears. They don't pop out. They are in a, un, unobtrusive. They're small. Good battery life. They have a pretty good compromise between letting enough outside sound in that if yes. someone tries to talk to you or a car is about ready to r- run you over, you would probably hear it. Uh, so sometimes on an airplane, the engine noise is a little too loud for me to hear my podcasts. It's a compromise. Yes. But for all the rest of my life, I love them. They're perfect. We have abandoned our satellite internet dish for internet but that dish also received tv and i was very happily to find that the dish still worked pretty good without the internet just for tv how long have we had this we've had this dish since 2004 and now has this passed all your tests for longevity yes it's amazing and it's been on this is the third rig it's been on i've moved it from rig to rig Mm -hmm. and although it's slow in in finding satellites it has worked well for our tv and i uh, am contemplating buying a new satellite dish that will be just for tv but but what 
Are you in favor of that or against it? Well, I think it's it's gotten cumbersome for you because you've turned into the GPS system of the dish. Yes. And you have to look up the exact coordinates and enter yes. them on your iPod. And now that you've figured out how to do it, it's moderately tedious. It used to be incredibly tedious. <laughs> but, but it isn't just push a button on this. As so. long as you're redoing, I would say redo. Because it won't last forever, so we may as well put a new dish on, on board. And I'm, I'm thinking of buying the... Not the little traveler from uh, Weingart, but the the RV Mogul, which is an interesting satellite dish. It's lighter and faster to find the satellites than old ones. So we're going to give that a try, and probably in Florida sometime. So this decision means that we will be relying more on campground Wi-Fi than we did before, Well, uh, which, as we've said, is gradually getting better where we are right now. It's quite good. yeah. Well, and we've also boosted our cellular data so that we can have enough data. But, you know, in terms of the monthly cost, I think it's actually less expensive to do it this way, relying on campground Wi-Fi and cellular when that's not good, so that we can have uh, full connectivity all the time. The satellite Internet was good, but it had a very limited cap per day, whereas the cellular has a cap, well, not a cap, but you have to pay uh, per month. And there were many days that we don't use the cellular data, but then again, there are other days when we need it heavily, so we can use it as we as we need it. And the the monthly cap is better. So that seems a good decision for now. Um, certainly, it's clear that this whole cell phone data subscribing situation is constantly in a state of flux as people are sorting themselves out and deciding what's the best deal for them and how to best manage their data usage and phone usage and texting and all the other things we do on our phone these days. And we found a new service that's that actually is going to be quite interesting. It's called the Google Fi Project. And uh, once again, Google is out in the forefront trying to lead the way in terms of cellular. Well, not in terms of, the, they haven't done cellular before at all. But as you know, Google has recently introduced two cell phones called the Pixels. They're, they're, you can buy them now? Uh, yeah, I believe uh-huh. so. To go along with that, they've been offering wireless service so that you don't have to use the standard uh, Wi-Fi or st- the standard cellular services because their phones have a little bit different way of working. And they've introduced this project or this concept called Project Fi, and the idea is that you pay a standard fee for the phone, uh, cellular f- uh, phone service and uh, text, and then you pay strictly $10 a month per gigabyte refundable depending on how much you use so that you can start with one gigabyte and go up from there and if you need more you pay more and if you use less they refund uh, so if you have a a four gigabyte plan you pay forty dollars a month for data service if you only use two they refund 20 bucks which is a really (laughs) nice way of doing it plus the thing that is really appealing to me is the fact that it works in 176 countries. They've tied together two cellular uh, services, uh, T-Mobile and Sprint, and you can, which means that your coverage is going to be better than either one of those two. Plus the fact that you can use the same service, the same phone, and the same SIM, and travel 
in many countries throughout the world. Now, that is a cool idea because our Verizon just doesn't let you do this for a reasonable amount of money at all. Even to Canada. Even to, well, they we had to pay forty bucks to extend our plan to to Canada. Forty bucks a month to extend our plan, and that was only for one phone. Whereas this, it's just included. Wherever there's the the service that they have co- contracted, you can use your phone for and your data service comes right along with you. So we're looking at, at uh, Google Fi, and we may just buy one of these Pixel phones just to take overseas because it might pay for itself in not too long of a time. So that's a real nice option. I don't know if I would get rid of the iPhone, but it's a definite competitor because the, the Pixel gets good has gotten good reviews. And can you use all of our favorite apps and podcasts and all that? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> That's a problem. No! It's Android. Well, a lot of apps are written for both. Yeah, but your podcast system is going to go out the window. Uh You'd have to Uh re-download and restart up Uh all your subscriptions to your podcasts. Once again, all these thorny decisions. They should just leave well enough alone. It's Android. Give me a break. (laughs) Nobody likes Android. You're going to be getting emails. I can feel people pounding on their on their iPhones right now. Nobody's going to pound on their iPhone. They're going to pound on their Android phones. And just a shout out to a company that we've probably talked about many times, which is Passport America. Uh, every so often we get questions from people that are wondering about the various campground memberships you can buy and whether those are worth doing. And we have wondered this ourselves. And so far have come to the decision that since we're not full-timers, the um, campground memberships are not appropriate for us. And every so often I hear about some of the campgrounds in their networks being very poorly maintained, but that's a problem well, you run not into. In, not in the best locations. It's a problem you run into with, right. with campgrounds anyway. But anyway, we just want to say that for the money that Passport America charges, uh, we just stayed in a nice Passport Park on our way here, uh, conveniently located off the highway, and had, we had 50 amp, full hookups, everything we would want, Wi-Fi for $18. Such a deal. So even though we don't use Passport America a lot, it's very easy to get a refund in your annual membership. To, by, to get your money membership back. By patronizing it every so often. And most of the Passport America deals are for one or two nights, so that it's good if you travel. And they are... Fairly well located throughout the United States. It's uh, for we use it primarily when we are traveling uh, on the road and uh, for a one or two night stop. I don't think we've ever used one for a long term. There was one in Georgia that we stayed at oh, that yeah. came with twenty seven whole golf cart. Was that a passport? That a passport. Was a passport. Oh, that was. And um, the membership. The temporary membership fee for the golf carts was very cheap. I think it was in the Macon, Georgia area. And when you got Jimmy your, Carter's home, when you got your campsite, they loaned you a your golf, golf cart <laughs> so you could travel between your RV and the various holes of golf, depending on where you decide to play. Was that a, was a great deal. That was a great deal. Yes. That was in the Macon, Georgia area. I can't remember exactly. But if you look back in the blog, you'll probably be able to find it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I was already blogging now. Now, the last few months we've been talking about um, things you might want to put on your Christmas list or give to your beloved RV friend or family member. 
And as is often the case, uh, my beloved RV family member <laughs> takes care of these items before, <laughs> long before, the, himself. Long before the holidays. He Do I phone no problem? <laughs> he doesn't trust me to buy anything, which is just as well because I rarely know anything about what it is that he's doing. But he did buy himself a nice new padded work mat, which I thought was a great idea for all the crawling around he has to do under our rig, fix some stuff. Well, you know, I miss having a creeper, but in the in the motorhome it just doesn't fit. And I saw on Amazon this pad that's about uh, an inch thick, and it kind of takes the place of a creeper. <sighs> My, I tell you, as you get old, the knees and things go bad, and more, uh, inevitably campsites have stone or dirt or you know uh, around your the periphery of your RV, and to get down there into the bays and get things out and to f- try to fix things that are down low, you need something to sit on or to kneel on, and this or pad, to lay on to lay on. This pad is about two by three. Uh, I'm going to put a link to this if you're looking for a nice little inexpensive $25 present to give your fix-it man. I think even around the house. Doesn't yeah, exactly the creepers the, have wheels, though, don't the they? The creepers have wheels, yeah. right. But the wheels aren't practical when they're on gravel anyway. Uh, but as the belly gets bigger, the creeper doesn't work as well It all doesn't just fit under there? Because <laughs> I can't fit under the, oh. the stuff. Put the jacks down. <laughs> Crank up the... But this uh, pad has uh, really done a pretty nice job, and I've used it several times already. I was planning on saving it for a Christmas present, but it got used. And the other thing I bought was a dash cam. Have you used it? I mean, it's been on, but have you seen what it recorded? I've looked at it a little bit. I'm still in an adjusting phase Uh and making it work. Uh, But um, I bought a Ram McNally dash cam, and one of the things it does is, uh, is... it has lane marking so that it, it'll beep when you weave around the road. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I don't do, of course, but in case you... In case you did. In case you did, yes. And uh, so it has a a little bit of extra features in it. Plus it does time lapse, which I like. So we're looking at some great presents, and you might want to send us a, some suggestions if you have some because it's coming up here. Yeah, we're, Christmas we're, is coming. Yeah, I know. We're it's gonna... not Halloween yet, but we already are seeing all the Christmas decorations <laughs> in the stores, so it must be coming. <laughs> we'll be thinking about Christmas in the not-too-distant future. That's hard to believe. Anyways, we sit here and it's 75 degrees and sunny in Asheville, South Carol- North Carolina, uh, enjoying some very nice summer weather. The other thing we bought was a inflatable mattress, but this is a sleep number. And fans of ours who have started with episode number one and listened to every one of them, Andrew, uh, probably know that we have put a sleep number bed in our RV, the last motorhome we had, yeah, right? Yeah. We moved it over to this one. We, we like them very much. Uh, for RV use, we probably told you that they are much lighter than regular mattresses and certainly much more comfortable than those little three-inch foam pads that you often get with your RV. And for us, because I need a marble slab to sleep on. And <laughs> Ken and Martha do not have the same mattress needs. And Ken likes a, a little more cushy. Oh, uh, we God. can both be comfortable. And so, as I get older, I start to get pain in my hip from my fact that I couldn't, my hip did not dig, in. dig into the mattress at all. So, 
So usually it happens the opposite way, but this time because we have enjoyed the Sleep Number mattress so much in the RV, we bought one for our house. Right, and the reason kind of why we're bringing this up now is is that not only do we like the Sleep Number, but we read a report in Consumer Reports, the link of which will be on the website, of course. But if you are interested in, in mattresses, Consumer Reports listed the Sleep Number C- CR2 CR2 as the best firm mattress you can buy. And one of the things that we were shocked about was when we went to, <laughs> to you can only buy Sleep Number from Sleep Number and we went to the Sleep Number store and the mattresses started about $800 and they go to about 3 or 4000. dollars And you just go, "Whoa, $4000 for a mattress." I always kind of like to buy middle of the road, but even that's too too grand. So, bottom line is that we read the article in Consumer Reports, and they said, "Well, really, the only—I mean, what's—it's a bladder that you fill up with air. I mean, what what can be different is how much padding it has on top, and one is ten inches and one is eight inches thick. But it's who cares." Well, because there are probably some people for whom that padding makes a difference. No, no, I'm talking comfort. about the eight, the eight or ten inches of, of it air. It make a difference to somebody. Their bottom line was that the cheapest one, the $800 one, was the most comfortable and was suitable for most people. And that's what we had in our old motorhome and the one that we moved to this one. So that's what we've slept on before. So based on... A confirming (laughs) review from Consumer Reports, we bought another one, the $800 one, the C2, and we really like it. And it comes with (laughs) only one remote control, which is terrible, but both people have to use the same remote control. They can't be pumping at the same time, so to speak. (laughs) So, So we now have one hard side and one soft side. So uh, we are both happy with uh, this. And I would think that the, this is, a, is an issue for a lot of people. And the confirming review from Consumer Reports say that this is a quality mattress and that you will be comfortable with it and that it is absolutely in line with the other mattresses, standard mattresses, gives us uh, the confidence to buy another one. And certainly when you are traveling around the country in your RV, the ability to pump up <laughs> or down your mattress as you change out Elevation is very important as well. Right. I mean, the pumping up is nice, but basically at home you do it once and that's it. I mean, you may do a little bit of adjustment, you know, over time, but not much. Whereas in the motorhome, we are constantly increasing, decreasing the pressure just to keep the pressure the same due to the fact that we move and change elevation frequently. So uh, that's an actual positive thing that's easy to do in the motorhome. And we must say that they have made dramatic upgrades in the pump itself. We now have wireless remote. And the old pump that we have in the motorhome <laughs> is sort of like <laughs> sleeping next to our hair. It's like a bicycle pump. It's the jet <laughs> engine. Um, so when the one at home is nice and quiet. Makes so. lots of noise. But the new wireless is almost silent, both input and output. Because the other, uh, this one here goes... Not a big deal. But nice. And, of course, the navigator is always worried about blowing hers up. Too much and having it explode. (laughs) That would be sad. (laughs) Do you think that's covered by the sleep number warranty? It's warranty for three years. Well, we've had it. Do you think it's more? We've had it more than three years. 
Well, the one we we were thinking about putting the one at home in here. Do you think it's guaranteed? Is it ever blown up? No, no, no. no. And I, as I said, it starts out pretty hard to begin with. Ladies and gentlemen, she doesn't know much about physics. It's not going to blow up. Of course, no. It's not going to blow up. Give me a break. Tires blow up. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Now think about this: an airplane flies from sea level to thirty thousand feet in its tires. Pressurize the cabin, but not the tires. The tires have air in them. They don't blow up. Mm-hmm. Are they hard rubber? No. They have air in them? Yeah. <laughs> they must have figured it out. <laughs> Just like sleep number, I think it's probably figured it out. Well, good. Then I won't worry about that anymore. <laughs> but of course, the new one won't go above 100% anyway. Right. Right. Whereas the old one had no numbers on it, so you could just well, pump it. maybe I am over 100%. Who knows? <laughs> you could pump it forever. <laughs> okay. We do get nice emails from our listeners, and our friend Andrew has not only sent us a nice email, but has also chastised us. He reassured us that even though he has been listening straight through from episode <laughs> one until today, that we, oh, we no, don't sound that? any... Older. Yes. We wondered about that. Right. Which, given the fact that I feel a lot older, it was a nice thing to hear. <laughs> okay. He was sad that we had visited Petaluma and not given it a very... Petaluma, California, which we just did in Which the, must be near where he lives? Well, he lives in Santa Rosa. In vineyard country. Mm-hmm. I was not happy with going to Petaluma because it was of what a technology I, visit. Because of what I was doing there, not because of Petaluma. And we didn't get a chance to spend time in Petaluma doing... In their KOA. In their, well, we didn't get a chance to really do much in, in Petaluma because we only had one day and it was quite a drive. Anyway, so, sorry, Andrew, we, we do apologize for dissing your hometown. And we will try to come back and, and make good. Uh, however, as I mentioned, we have spent a fair amount of time in Marin County. I used to do Apple workshops there. So I spent a couple of weeks in the summer for a few summers right there on the coast. And it is beautiful, no doubt about right. it. But if you've gone to our website, you know that I have a nice link of a set of links that you can use to find out interesting things about RVing. But the RV Travel Network has a list, a webpage that has a link to 700, and they're all annotated, uh, websites that are pertaining to RV. So if you're interested, you might want to give this uh, link a try put it as a bookmark in your browser so that in case you need some specific information about areas or travel tips or places to go in your RV you'll have this uh, complete set of RV links and that's at rvtravel.com we will uh, include a link to that we uh, hope that you listen to this podcast as you're traveling down the road and many people have sent us nice emails saying that we have kept them company as they travel down those many miles of highway and another thing you might want to do is listen to books, but books can be expensive. I'm sure you've heard of Audible, where you can buy books and um, listen to them as you go down the road. But there is a new website that's called Librivox. 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 L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot org. And their goal is to find people to read books and to put the books on the web for people to download for free. And so if you go to their website, uh, they have a ton of free books. I sent this off to a friend 
who uh, said that he was very happy to find this and started listening and was downloading a book as he was thanking me. So feel free to check out LibriVox to download free books, and they're not the classics necessarily. And these are only audible books, not books they're only that audible. you would read. Right. I guess because we're on the top... Not Audible is a company. Books you listen to rather than books you read with your eyes. That's correct. So you can listen to them while you're going down the road. After you have listened to the RV Navigator. And I guess because we're on the topic of downloading books, I should add something that probably a lot of you have been doing for years. I'm a big fan of reading books with my Kindle software on my iPad. And because when we travel, I very, very rarely have time to read a book because we're, we're so, we get so bogged down with researching where we're going and what we're going to do there um, that while I was at home and actually had more time to read, I got myself involved with the software from our local library where I can uh-huh. download books for free for three weeks. Reading books. That I read with my eyes. Um, although you can also download audible versions of those same books from the library for free. They intermesh from our library with the Kindle software. So for me, it feels like I'm reading a book that I purchased from Amazon to put on the Kindle software, but it's from the library for free, and after three weeks, it just disappears because that's as long as I get to keep it unless I go back on the site and renew it. And you can also put books on the waiting list at our library, and it will email you when the book is ready for you to download because somebody has returned theirs. So um, a very convenient way to read books with your eyes uh, that costs you nothing more than the taxes you are already paying if you are a homeowner. Yeah, that's a good idea idea but librivox is you download them and you can keep them forever because mm-hmm. you don't and you don't pay for them so that's even a better service if you're interested in listening to books but it's only public domain books yeah so i'm talking about oh, i don't know what these are these what are, it says okay never mind <laughs> according to the rv industry association 8.9 million households own a recreational vehicle compared to 7.9 million households back in 2005. So the RV industry is going great guns, and they attribute this to the fact that uh, people are learning that owning an RV is a great, cost-efficient, and fun way to spend time outdoors. They believe that more people are buying RVs because they want to unplug from technology and be outdoors and still have the comfort of a trailer. Now, I don't believe that for a second. I th- if you worked in, in a field where you had to be on duty all the time, 24-7 with your technology, it must be nice to have an excuse to get away. I'm in my trailer. I don't have Wi-Fi. I, I can't respond to this email. I mean, in olden times when I was when I was still working, parents of my students would phone incessantly, even during times when I was theoretically off duty, and I had to leave the country to escape from their phone calls. So I can see this. But I think really uh, the improved technology, the cell phone service, and the Wi-Fi and things allows people to go camping. So because they can stay connected and they don't have to be disconnected so that they feel that uh, the RV provides that for the best of both. You can be connected and be away. And certainly for all the younger folks we've met that full-time and work from the road, uh, inevitably the availability of technology has been a major factor in their ability to, to work from the road. Well, anyway, the bottom line is that uh, RVs are becoming more and more popular. The RV... Uh, Trade Association said that RVs 
the shipment of RVs is up 8.5% this year, and this is really good news uh, for dealers and uh, RVs as a whole. However, small RVs are the ones that are really being purchased, which is another interesting thing. Here in this campsite, we see a number of small RVs. By small, we name single trailer or the Class Bs. The tag axles like us are not that popular. Well, they're expensive. Well, for those of you who are not as fortunate as I am to have a washer and dryer in your rig, or find yourself at campsites that don't have laundries. Or Or the long lines. Or long lines, or they're kind of filthy Filthy. sometimes. Um, There's another alternative. I have not used this. I'm not overly impressed by what I read, (laughs) but we thought we would mention, and we'll put a link on the webpage. This is a... A container which holds seven or eight items of clothing, I think it said, and you put in the water and you put in the soap and you pump it with your foot. It's a manual. So if you are... um, Manual washing machine you make yourself. If you are um, boondocking in the desert, you can still be doing... Because it doesn't use much water. Your your laundry with this gizmo. Another great Google how-to tip. Oh. (laughs) Do they have a foot pump dryer? (laughs) Now when you're in the desert, you just no, put them no, on you put it, no, you use your car exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> let, it, let it go through it. Or put it on your manifold. Let it burn it off. Um, we, uh, we are always interested in cost of things. And there's this website that put up a map in the United States about how far does $100 go. Today's map, which comes from the Tax Foundation and uses data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, answers that question state by state. So they have a map, and it shows you how far $100 goes. In Mississippi, $100 could buy $115 worth of relative stuff to the national average. On the other end of the spectrum is Hawaii, where you'd only get $85.32 worth of stuff. Washington, D.C. is even lower at eighty-four sixty. So if you're looking for cheap places to travel in states that are less expensive than other states, then you might want to take a look at this map. At the same time, we want to talk about media consumption. Well, how media is consumed? We watch quite a lot of over-the-air TV and, and cable. And we are typical, apparently, because... Six so people are eight. Right. <laughs> and... I have another nice chart, which I'm going to stick on the website again, that shows how much time different age groups view different types of media. And how they view it. And I think of watching TV as normal. But the average 65-year-old watches live TV and DVR about 51 hours a month. The average 18 to 24-year-old watches only 16 to 18 hours, 16 hours a month. They're in school. They're busy. That's huge. That's less huge than difference. half of what. I mean, I watched much less TV whereas, when I was that age than I do now. Whereas they watch hours worth of streaming, whereas we watch minutes worth of streaming. And some of these age groups watch videos on their smartphones, which I've I... have never done. I mean, I'd watch a Vine or something yeah, that was yeah. six, not, not, but not a full six video. seconds long. To me, the smartphone is much too small. Or if somebody sent me a video of their baby or something. No, no, no. We're talking about commercial. Commercial stuff, yeah. No, no way. Netflix. Never yeah. watched a Netflix on my phone. No. But the youngins do that. And it's just an interesting chart to see how the, the various uh, categories of ages, how much they watch. Now, wouldn't it be neat if in the high-tech world we could take one of the windows out of the RV and make it into a TV? It would save some space, although these days TVs are so small. 
How to turn a window into a high-definition TV. Clearview Innovations has developed a new type of window, a window that also functions as a high-definition TV. The addition to the company's hidden reflection series is a window TV that is translucent, built into a fixed pane of glass. Hidden Reflections Window TV come in 22, 32, 42, 50, 55, 65, and 82-inch screen sizes, matching many window sizes. They don't talk about this as being something that's viable for a motorhome but or for an RV, but why not? It sounds expensive. Well, I think it's probably outrageously expensive. <laughs> it's probably more than the RV itself. <laughs> but that, just, uh, that means it's just coming down the pike here. And, and it would have to be a thermal pane window. Are they going to be 4K? We're about to get a 4K TV for our motorhome. Are we? We're going to we're going to upgrade. Are we? Yes, I've been looking at we'll shopping. We'll see how much the wall repair costs us. The slide out wall repair costs us. Oh, that has nothing to do with it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a motorhome with a 4K TV in it. A man with unlimited means. Before they're actually not that expensive because this one isn't that big. I'm only replacing a 40 inch, which is about as small as you'd ever. Get a high, de- a super high definition 4K TV. Another Christmas present is coming down the road. <laughs> then he buys himself. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Just <laughs> buy what you want, right? Uh, and right along the same lines, this is that Direct TV. This is way cool. Nobody's watching TV but us old people. Well, there are old people who might be interested in this. Who listens to this podcast? We've never done a demographics thing. No. I know we don't have any teenagers. Ah, that would be impossible. But DirecTV, along with, you know, who was bought out by AT&T, DirecTV is now offering something really nice. They're offering a package of cable channels that you can buy and not have a cable subscription. Up until now, in order to get those channels that we all know and love, you had to have a cable subscription. Then you could get them on the web, because uh, we have that. But now you can buy just the package, and it's only going to be 35 bucks a month. So if you want a streaming package, this is going to be very cool and a major step forward for these companies, because that has not uh, is not been offered in the past. But it's only practical for RVers who are in yeah, a setting where they have robust Wi-Fi service. It would not be overly convenient for RVers, because we don't have the kind of streaming service that we need. But at home, this would be, and you could take it with you, of course. So you could use it in hotels and places like that. Oh, and we have used it because we have DirecTV, and by default you get the streaming service. But you have to have the satellite dish and that sort of stuff to go along with this. Mm-hmm. This would be DirecTV without a dish. So you can just get it over the web. And that's available now, I believe. And anybody gets that, I'd like to hear how you're doing. So another month bites the dust. I do want to mention that we have had a small numbering problem. What are we numbering? <laughs> well, last month we had this kind of disagreement about which month's podcast we were doing. Oh, when we were talking to yes. each other? Yes. And according to the numbering system, we were doing October. Uh, we were doing, anyway, last month's, and now we're doing November's. Yes. It is October, and we're doing the November podcast. That's not what I said. Oh. I we, said we were doing October at the end of October. Were you being reprimanded by someone besides me? No, but <laughs> I found out that I have, there are two June 16s. Not the podcast, but my numbering system went haywire. I numbered two of them six. Instead you mean at the very beginning? No, six of 16. June of uh, this year. 
So then there was no July? Well, everything said July. It said July and it said June, but the actual number on the podcast. Can you fix it? There was no, no, I can't. Because everybody has those links. Uh So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry about that, but there is no 10 now. It only took you four months to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought there was something wrong. I remember last month I said, Yes. So it's taken, well, I'm old. It takes time for these things to dawn on me. So the bottom line is... We're lucky we know what month it is that, that we're in. <laughs> we're going to go from 9 to, to 11, but that doesn't mean you've missed one of the RV Navigator okay, podcasts. It just clear. means that my numbering system was messed up. And in order to do a 12 and to finish this month, otherwise I'd be doing 2016 and 2017. So you got the idea? I understand the problem. Um, <laughs> just don't ask me to do two in one month. So oh, no! <laughs> Okay, so with that correction, we will call it a day, and we will send it over to next month and say we hope to see you in a campground near us in the not-too-distant future. Happy travels. Bye now.